Welcome to the BISA Portfolio Podcast, a podcast elevating the voices of bank insurance and securities association members. I'm Pira Valley, guest host for this first part in an exciting two-part series highlighting members of the BISA Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Rising Star Program. These rising stars come from unique backgrounds, but all have shared experience as wealth management leaders committed to DE&I. Today, two of our 2021 members will share their stories, thoughts, and advice after more than a year spent as program participants. But first, I want to remind you to please subscribe to this podcast and leave it a rating and review while you're at it. It's available wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure you are subscribed, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or another platform. And if you enjoy our discussion today, please share with your network. So a little bit about myself and BISA's DEI Rising Star Program. I'm the Senior Director in Strategic Partnerships at Pacific Life and have been a BISA member for over 20 years. The majority of those 20 years, I focused in the bank channel to help deliver product solutions to financial advisors versus a product manager at JPMorgan Chase and for the last 14 years with Pacific Life and Strategic Partnerships. A number of years ago, I joined our DEI committee. We were brainstorming ways to engage, recruit, and retain people from diverse backgrounds to the wealth management industry, as well as to BISA. We also wanted to provide a value-added service to these industry professionals. This is where the Rising Star program came to fruition. This is an exclusive BISA-sponsored recognition and leadership development program for professionals who have demonstrated commitment to creating an impact in advancing DI in our industry or within our communities. It's designed to foster professional growth, leadership growth, and career advancement for diverse individuals through mentoring, networking events, and volunteer opportunities. Up through this year, this program has been geared towards young professionals who fit this criteria. But for 2023, we're opening it up to people of any age in the bank and securities space who have made their mark on DEI. Now that you understand the background of this program, I'm so excited to introduce to you our two guests of the day. Please welcome Jenny Caskell and Michael Lohman. Jenny was featured in our most recent edition of the BISA Portfolio Print Magazine. BISA members receive this exclusive magazine yearly. Michael recently passed his 66 and earned a promotion to Operations Supervisor. Congrats, Michael. Can you both tell us a little bit about yourselves? Jenny, you can go first. Hello, my name is Jenny Keskel, and I'm a results-driven vice president of marketing within Sparex, focused on MarketLink product education and promotion to financial advisors and registered investment advisors. We serve our clients with industry-leading education, client-friendly collateral, and tech-supported one-stop digital storefronts right at their fingertips. I help Inspirex by creating timely and unique ideas, showcasing the benefits of risk management solutions to help our clients grow their business. I joined the firm in 2017 after graduating with a master's degree from Florida Atlantic University. And in my free time, I enjoy traveling, wakeboarding, fine dining, and spending time with my husband and two cats here in Tampa. 
Hi, everybody. My name is Michael Lohman. I am the operations supervisor here at Frost Investment Services. I've been with the firm for the past nine years in multiple roles. I am currently focused right now on our RIA business and have also recently taken over supervisory of other brokerage operations as well. I graduated from Concordia University in 2013 in Austin with a bachelor's degree. And in my free time, I like to travel, play as much golf as possible, spend time with family and friends, and I'm always trying new recipes with varying levels of success. Great. Michael, we'll have to share some recipes because I also like to cook and I also like to travel. So you guys are both members of the 2021 DI Rising Stars cohort, which means you were named early last year. Can you both walk me through your reaction to being nominated and or admitted to the program? And can you share why you are in the program? Jenny, may I start with you? Absolutely. I feel incredibly grateful, especially to those who believe in me and nominated me to be part of this fantastic program. And I'm super excited about the opportunity that I've been given to grow, not only with my firm, but also within the industry as a whole. It's been a very rewarding journey, starting as an intern just after grad school to working my way up to marketing VP. And then I credit a big part of my career to the female mentorship that I've been able to enjoy and who have supported me through this journey. Great. Michael? Yeah, so uh, very similar. I was also nominated by two females, our president, Angela Holiday, here at Frost Investment Services. She actually is on the board with BISA, and she nominated me and went to my previous boss, a former rising star herself, Ursula Leith, mm. and discussed whether I would be a good fit. And of course, Ursula and Angela were all in. So it's just been a really gratifying experience just to even be considered for an award like this. And then I look back and I just think it's just been a humbling experience as well to be included with such outstanding rising stars and in our industry, such as Jenny. Great. Well, you both deserve to be a part of this program, and it really has been great having you over the last two years. Now that you've been involved for almost two years, can you share how your second year has been different from your first? And what benefits have you gained from your experience so far? Michael, you can begin. Yeah. So I think the first year specifically was just an absolute whirlwind. It was very reactive, being told, you got to be here, you got to do this, you got to attend this. And I I just felt like a freshman in high school. Here's your schedule. This is what you got to do. I think the difference between then and now is it's very proactive. I'm able to make of it what I decide. So I was able to participate in the Dare to Lead program, which was a fantastic opportunity. I've met a lot of colleagues that I've been able to just keep in contact with and bounce different scenarios and questions off of them. And it's actually pretty funny to see people, we're in the same industry, but we're in different roles, but having them also experience a lot of the same maybe challenges or questions that I have, it's just being able to have that vast network of people that I can lean on. And, you know, the first year before this opportunity, I didn't have, you know, I I definitely have to give a shout out to my mentor for BISA, Jim Fujinaga at Hancock Whitney, 
He's just been a tremendous resource for me. And it's not even just work, just being able to talk and have a discussion about just life in general, the opportunities that this has opened up, I am forever grateful for. That's great. Michael, I have to say, I love the Dare to Lead program too. I've done it a few times now. And what I gained from it not only helped my career, but also my personal life, really understanding how being vulnerable makes you a better leader. And I have to say that I've gotten so much closer with the people that I went through that journey with. And I'm so glad that you felt the same. Jenny? I can echo Michael and a lot of what he said that the first year of being a rising star almost feels like the setup here that is more guided, whereas in the second year, it's all about application and about cultivating the relationships that you've built during year one. But overall, I really have to say the Rising Star program offers so much opportunity but it is up to you to make the most of it, which I like. And I think that's what identifies a lot of the rising stars is that we are yes sayers and we take up opportunities and put ourselves out there. And so the business coaching and the programs that we've been able to go through, such as the Thayer Leadership Program or the mentorship sessions that I had with Pam Dawson from US Bank, all this that I received in year one, I was now able to apply in year two and draw on that peer experience and the feedback that I've received thus far. Can you talk about your commitment to DE&I and why this topic is important to you? Jenny, can you start? The topic is important to me since I am a first-generation female immigrant, and I am where I am in my career due to my strong work ethic that I received from my German single mother. And because I had someone at Inspirics who believed in me and made a strong case to hire me. So I would consider myself a successful immigrant story in a way. And for me, it's very important to inspire and motivate the next generation. I'm all for women empowering women. And myself and our firm have a huge emphasis on hiring diverse candidates as well. Great. Michael? So I think it all starts for me with my dad. He is probably my biggest inspiration and hero. And just growing up, he really instilled values of you know hard work, treating everybody with respect. He grew up in a very small town in upstate New York. So he is he's never met somebody that he isn't friends with right off the bat. He just dives in. He's very community oriented. And it really just you can just feel it's genuine with him. And so I try to emulate that a lot in what I do. And so growing up myself, I grew up in a pretty diverse neighborhood. So I learned to really empathize with other people's stories, even though maybe my me myself didn't have that same experience. I was able to see it and empathize and be willing to help in any way possible. And I think that's kind of carried over in just life in general. I couldn't see myself working anywhere but Frost because they really live the values that I think are important to me as well. Frost has a very diverse group of people we work with. Phil Green, our CEO, he will say that he's also the chief DE&I officer because it starts with him. It is one of his core priorities. 
and you just really feel it never feels forced here at Frost. It's just kind of who we are, kind of built into what we do. Our workforce is more than half women, and it's also made up of more than half minorities. So not only talking about these values, but actually backing them up with action. And that's what I really appreciate about being at Frost and just living my values. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. So in 2023, we will be opening the DEI Rising Star program to people of all ages, but I know you are both from a younger generation. Engaging and including people from diverse generations in the wealth management industry is one aspect of inclusion, a really important one. I'm curious about your career experience working with and engaging people from older generations. I know this can bring benefits and challenges. Jenny, can you start off? Absolutely. I think it is very important to have perspectives from all age groups, especially in our industry, because someone that is older than me might have lived through markets and market scenarios or crashes that I did not experience the same way. And um, hence, through that experience and the long-term outlook and wisdom that they bring to the table, we can relate to a larger demographic and see different approaches that are being taken, especially to investing and wealth management. That's why I think the not only cultural, but also generational diversity is crucial for any organization. Michael, your thoughts? Yeah, so I couldn't agree more with Jenny. I think having that wisdom, that value is just immeasurable. Being able to kind of engage and in the debate of how things have been done and saying, okay, is what we're doing now still the best way to do it? But having that resource to say, why was it done this way? And is it, again, is it still relevant? Can we look to improve it? But you don't want to go in and completely change things just for the sake of innovation. It's always good to have a rock foundation that you can say, why was it done this way? Why couldn't we look at doing that? Because maybe some of the thoughts you have have already been kind of hashed out previously. So I think definitely you want to have that diverse workforce you can lean on. Thank you, Michael, for that perspective. I agree. It's very, very important for us to rely on the experience of the older generation. But I also think it's very important for us to learn from the younger generation to understand what makes clients tick today. For instance, just look at the way people communicate. It is much different now than it was 30, 40, even 20 years ago. So it's important for us to learn from people like you and Jenny to understand how having more digital solutions, social media presence can make an impact in our industry. No, I think that's a very good point. You know, I, I, Personally, here at Frost, we've implemented a lot of new technology, but it will never replace what I think we do best is the human experience, being able to, you know, if you call us, you will get a human that picks up the phone. It's just comforting, especially for an older generation. We still have customers that want to come in and sign paperwork at the branch. So it's looking at innovating processes, but not taking away who you are or, you know, you only want to add technology when it adds value and it doesn't take away from your business. Okay, great. So what do you think companies need to do to encourage diverse recruitment and retention in this field? What are your thoughts on that, Michael? Yeah, so I think what we could look to develop is programs that give exposure and opportunities as early as possible. 
Frost, for example, partners with local high schools to give students overviews of all the opportunities at the bank. We also partner with HBCUs like Texas Southern in financial literacy training and also recruitment opportunities. As far as the retention aspect of that, I think it's important to realize that diversity is just the first step. You know, we always talk about DE and I. Diversity is the first easiest step to accomplish, but you have to realize there's more to it than just diversity. Equity and inclusion are just as important. So being able to provide equitable pay, access to opportunity, access to information, I think is tremendously valuable. And then also having those individuals have a voice and have an avenue where they are heard and they're listened to. And I think showing different people's backgrounds and things like that, you can really celebrate them and really show them off as role models to another generation. So it builds upon itself. Absolutely. Jenny, anything else you wanted to add? Similarly to what Michael said, I believe it's important to cast a wide net, take a broad approach to recruiting and start early. And Sparex also partners with HBCUs, where we partner with Solomon Testing and provide SIE preparation for undergrads and graduate students alike. And once, like Michael said, you have this diverse workforce established, it is crucial to celebrate and value people for who they are and show them that you appreciate them with their different backgrounds and do the work within the organization. Great, thank you. I'm curious what, if any, changes to the industry you think need to be made and what your perspective is on the future of the industry when it comes to DEI. Jenny? I firmly believe that we need to continue to make strides and shine a light on the importance and the value of diversity. This podcast is a piece of the puzzle, and it is crucial that we set up the next generation for success inspire and help them follow in our footsteps, provide mentorship just like we have received mentorship and inspiring the next generation and showing different avenues in the industry. That's great. I have to say that you're doing a great job with that already, with being a part of this podcast and this program. And I know that this will inspire many others. Michael, do you have any insight here? Yeah, so I think Jenny hit it on the head there. I think personally, I think it's kind of my responsibility and duty that I've benefited being able to learn and grow from so many others before me that it would feel almost selfish if I didn't take the next step and be that mentor, be that example for other people. I was able to actually talk to our chief DNI officer, Karen White. And one of the things she mentioned about the future of DE&I is that it's only going to continue to be the focus. I think we're already seeing a talent war develop as companies try to attract and retain workers. And we've already previously mentioned what needs to be done to retain workers. So it's not going away anytime soon. It's only going to be put at the forefront. And, you know, one of the things that me and Jenny really talked about, and not just me and Jenny, but our entire rising stars at the last conference is we really want to be actionable. I think me and Jenny have kind of mentioned that already earlier in the podcast, but we're, I guess, 
our generation is a little bit past discussing whether issues exist. I think we know they exist. We know there's uh, steps we can be taking. So what can we do to be actionable that, that we can make changes to actually solve the problem and move the needle forward? Great. Thank you. Michael, you did mention reaching out to your chief DEI officer to get some more information on what Frost was doing, but what advice do you have for other people wishing to get involved in DEI initiatives, whether at work or in their communities? I think it just personally comes down to putting yourself out there, looking for opportunities to really just say yes whenever an opportunity arises. And I think me personally, when I think about it, You got to realize you're not going to change the world in one big action. So whatever you can do, that's just a small action, even, you know, something as small as having a conversation. Like I said, I reached out to our chief DNI officer and I said, what are we doing? How can I be help? What can I do to be the change? And so not being afraid to ask just because it hasn't been asked or hasn't been done doesn't mean it should be. So sometimes as simple as asking a question snowballs into a big effect. Absolutely. Jenny, anything you wanted to share on this? Yes, definitely striving to be an advocate and think about, like Michael said, what is kind of near and dear to your heart? So for example, I came here initially as an exchange student. So when I was at a point in my career where I felt more established, I researched international exchange student programs and how I can support those. So it doesn't always have to be on a super macro level, but getting involved just in your local community and being self-motivated to help can already make a big impact. I agree. I agree. Great advice, both of you. My advice is don't wait for someone to ask you to be involved. If you're passionate, go for it. Even if it's something small, as Michael and Jenny both said, that's what I did. When I started on this DI journey a few years ago with the BASA, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Committee, I knew I wanted to do more, but I did not know how. So honestly, I went to everyone I knew at Pacific Life, which is a lot of people, and asked how can I be more involved and came up with ideas and shared it with our different committees. And now I'm happy to say I am an integral part of Pacific Life's DEI initiatives, and it's been a great experience. So last question, as up and coming stars in our industry, what advice would you give people just entering the industry? What is the one thing you wish you knew when you first began? Jenny, can you start? Networking is absolutely key. Cultivating relationships in the industry, taking up opportunities and saying yes. When I first attended BISA, I was very shy and almost intimidated. And now I'm super excited to see familiar faces. And I'm already looking forward to February and seeing everyone in Miami. And so when I first attended, I really had to step out of my comfort zone, put myself out there. But now I'm re-upping the rewards and being able to lean on and draw upon experience from other industry leaders. That's great. By the way, it never gets old. Even after 20 years, come February, March, whenever the meeting is, I'm just as excited to see everyone and network and give all my industry friends big hugs. So it's great that you're feeling that already after a few years. Michael? Yeah. So Jenny, you kind of touched on it. I would say embrace it. 
my first year, my plane was late. So I arrived at the hotel late. I was still wearing what I was wearing off the airplane and I still had my luggage with me. So I came in looking like a hot mess and I sat down, actually sat down across from Jenny and within maybe five minutes, everybody around me, we were talking, enjoying ourselves. The good food and drinks definitely helped. So just embracing it, knowing that you belong, you've earned this opportunity, but also how can I take this and keep learning from it? You never want to kind of plateau. You always want to be pushing for more. You know, me personally, I've learned probably my best learning moments have been my failures. So does it suck to fail? Yes, absolutely. But you can learn from it and you can only become better from it. So if you would have just asked me a few years ago, would I be nominated for a rising star or be on a podcast and doing all these programs? I would have, <laughs> would have laughed and said no. So just taking that leap of faith and embracing it, you will reap the benefits and you'll definitely see the fruits of your labor. Great. Thank you. And thank you both for the really great discussion and sharing your thoughts with us. I hope this conversation will benefit other professionals who are currently in wealth management or considering joining the field. Thanks everyone for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review so you won't miss future uploads. And please share the podcast and join the conversation on social media. Thank you so much. Have a great day.